What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Deb Bowen. And I'm Samantha Fay. We're just so delighted and honored that you have joined us as we talk about um, a topic that actually um, was suggested to us by a listener a while back. And Samantha and I have spent some time doing some research and looking at the metaphysical ideas of your shadow side. So we're going to be talking about that tonight. We're really excited about that. Before we get into that topic, of course, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that we have a crystal of the week and an animal of the week, and we have reinstituted at your request our meditation of the week. So, Samantha, would you like to begin with the crystal? Sure. I thought that since we were discussing um, the shadow side, which represents, you know, darker sides of our unconscious, that I would discuss moonstone. Oh, okay. It's a good stone to uh, use when you are working on incorporating your shadow side. So moonstone is uh, known to help balance the emotions. It encourages loving acceptance of the self. It increases intuition. It's predominantly known as a protective stone for travelers, especially over water or at night. So it's recommended that you keep a um, tumbled moonstone in your glove compartment of your car. It's also said to increase fertility, so it's recommended that you wear um, moonstone or tuck one under your pillow when trying to conceive. It is a stone of romantic love. Um, in India, it's a traditional wedding gift because moonstone helps to symbolize love and loyalty and fidelity. It ignites the heart chakra. You can meditate with moonstone to help clear your chakras of negativity. Um, if you give someone moonstone as a gift, it is said to symbolize your love um, and faithfulness to them. It's been used in jewelry for over 2,000 years, which is kind of awesome to think about. Um, it's also said to increase self-acceptance and confidence in artists. So if you know an artist, it's a good stone for them to have. And moonstone comes in a lot of different varieties. So there's white moonstone, the creamy one that we're probably most familiar with. That one is also recommended for dream work. It helps to drive away nightmares and is especially calming for children. There's gray moonstone, which is recommended for clairvoyance. It increases psychic vision. Um, It's also called the new moonstone. So if you do any work with the cycles of the moon, uh, gray moonstone is recommended for the new moon. Uh, Peach Moonstone is recommended for sensitive and anxious children. It's also good for anyone who's frustrated trying to lose weight. Um, It's it's said to help keep goals focused on weight loss. Um, Rainbow Moonstone is a great stone for mediums, and it also um, imparts psychic protection. So that's Moonstone in a nutshell. I have a beautiful... um 
moon, uh, rainbow moonstone pendant that our lovely friend Joel gave me and a beautiful moonstone ring that um, our, Joel and our mutual friend Lisa gave me. Very nice. It's also a connection stone to the Divine Feminine. Very nice. Okay, there you go. And not terribly expensive, really. No, no. No, it's not. Mm-mm. It's a lovely stone. So, Samantha, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Our um, animal of the week was also a suggestion um, to us from a listener. And I've been doing some research on this and realized that tonight in our topic on the shadow side, this was the perfect animal for this. And our animal of the week this week is shark. Now, <clears throat> the minute I say shark, a lot of people start hearing dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum going in their head, right? I mean, you think of that terrible movie, Jaws. Right. Well, however, um, sharks do elicit that visceral fear within us. People are really very frightened of them. And that is often how we see our shadow side, is if we recognize it at all, it it is frightening to us. Uh, And yet, the shark energy teaches us a whole lot about tenacity. Sharks are extremely extremely uh, good energy for people who are clairaudient because sharks, of course, can hear for miles away. And they are also very good for people who are working on clairgustience, which is not one of the clairs we think about a whole lot. Sharks can smell one part per 50 million of blood in water. Do you know that? No. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so if you're working on clairgustient, the the use of smell in your psychic ability, shark medicine would also be very helpful for you with that. They are actually not the violent um, eating machines that we think of them as being. They're actually very shy and really will try their very best to stay away from people, which is also a part of of some of us. Uh, our shadow side is that we're we need to go within, and shark medicine does that as well. So there you go. Very nice. Okay. That's a nicer view of the shark. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I have to tell you, I'm not terribly frightened of sharks. Uh, I I certainly have a healthy fear of them. But I remember as a child, um, I grew up in a house right on the ocean, and my mom could stand at the kitchen window and watch me swim. And I remember being out in the breakers, and um, this. The water was crystal clear, and this wave came up um, in front of me, and a shark went swimming by in the crest of the wave. And it was just going by. It wasn't going to bother me. It was just going on its business. And I was about 9 or 10, I think. And I remember thinking, oh, I hope Mama didn't see that. Because <laughs> I knew she wouldn't let me back out in the water. And, and I knew that the shark was just going on about its business. He wasn't there to bother me. That's fine. That's your inner mermaid coming out. It sure was. She was right there with me. So there you go. Well, I have um, a little meditation I would like us to try um, that will hopefully help to hone anyone who's listening their intuitive abilities for their own um, life. So I want everyone to think about something that you are anxious or worried about right now. So whether it's... um, you know, your job, and you're like, should I stay at my job? Should I leave my job? Or if it's a relationship, does this person really love me or don't they? 
or if it's um, a health issue or a coworker or, or you're worried about something with one of your children, think about something that you're worried about and you're not super sure about the outcome. And as you're thinking about this, I want you to, if you're able to, um, safely close your eyes, do so so you can go within. When we close our physical eyes, it allows our third eye to open and allows our inner vision to come forth. So if you can, close your eyes. Take some nice deep breaths as you follow the sound of my voice. And imagine yourself walking along a beach. See yourself walking on the sand with the water rolling into your left, the sound of the waves lapping at your ankles, feel of the wet sand under your toes, the beautiful clear blue sky above you. To the right of you, there are lots of beautiful rock formations. And as you're walking, and feeling more and more relaxed, breathing in the salty air. You look to your right and you notice that in the rock formations, there's a cave. You feel drawn to this cave. And as you walk towards this cave, you notice that it feels very comfortable and safe to you inside this cave. Take a moment to walk around allowing your fingers to run along the stone walls, exploring the inside of this place that feels so familiar to you. And in the center of your cave, there is a huge, large, clear crystal ball, almost as big as the entire cave. And I want you to see yourself walking up to this crystal ball, putting your hands on it, leaning over, and just staring into the clear, crystal, glassy features of this round ball. And as you do, ask yourself, ask your higher self and your guides and your angels, what will come of this situation? Think clearly about this situation that you're worried about, wondering about, and watch the crystal ball. See a cloudy formation appear in the center. And as the clouds in the center of the crystal ball start to part and dissipate, see a clear image appearing, which shows you the outcome of this situation. You might see yourself shaking hands with a new employer. You might see a symbol such as an anchor for solidity or hope or a star for recognition or a heart for love. You might see a color Don't judge what you're seeing, just accept what you're seeing. And as you're looking at this crystal ball and following the sound of my voice, you might not be seeing anything at all right now. Instead, you might be feeling 
an emotion. You might be hearing a song. Pay attention as your hands are on this crystal ball to everything that you're seeing, hearing, and feeling. Take another deep breath. See yourself walking out of the cave and going across the beach towards the water. And take all of this worry and anxiety and unknown that's on your mind as you head into your work week and as we begin a brand new month and just toss all those worries into the ocean. Letting the water take them away for you. Take another deep breath, feeling renewed and hopeful and awakened and flutter your eyes open. Thank you. Yes. I love that. Okay, so we are going to be spending the next 45 minutes or so discussing your shadow side, um, which is a term that was coined by Carl Jung. Do you want to describe or define it? Sure, I certainly will. Uh, Let me just, I'm going to put Carl Jung's name in the chat room. It's J-U-N-G. He was a Swiss psychologist. He actually studied under Sigmund Freud, and um, they parted company because, uh, as you know, Freud was very... uh, sexual in a lot of his perspective on the human psyche and Carl Jung said yeah but what about the spiritual aspect of people and they couldn't come to terms so they parted company and so um, Carl Jung gave us some wonderful terms about um, about how we function psychologically and one of the concepts he gave us is what he calls the shadow aspect and it's an unconscious aspect of the personality. It's not something that we think about consciously. We don't go around going, ooh, I have a shadow side, but we do. Uh, Jung says everyone carries a shadow, and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser denser it is. And what he meant by that was was unknown, not black in terms of evil or or bad, but just Mm -hmm. unknown. Mm -hmm. That's what he meant by black. Um, He says that our shadow side is that part of ourselves that we don't like to recognize, that um, we are fearful of sometimes. Mm -hmm. We don't sometimes know where it comes from, and we're going to talk more about that. But our shadow side also has a very positive aspect and that is that it is the seat of our creativity. And we're going to be talking more about that as we go along later. He says that most of the ways that we get in touch with our shadow side is through dreams and visions. Um, that that's, that's how we begin to find that aspect of, our si- of ourselves. Young, young believed that in our dreams, all of the characters in our dreams... And in and places as well, represented a part of ourselves, an aspect of ourselves. And so when we, in our dreams, meet someone that we really don't like or of whom we're really fearful, we're really looking at an aspect of ourselves. 
Yeah, so it's important if you have a dream about your first grade teacher, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to bump into your first grade teacher. You have to think, what did that first grade teacher represent to me as a child? Right. And then how can that apply to my life today? Right, exactly. Um, So, yeah, your shadow side is the part of you that's not exposed to your conscious side, to your light. Um, Often it's parts of you that you are completely unaware of. And um, usually these are seen as negative aspects, jealousy, anger, hatred, arrogance, fear. fear. Um, But just as often they can be positive aspects like confidence. Uh, For example, if, you know, as a little girl you were told to be polite and obedient and, you know, listen, um, and you maybe diminished or squelched that, pick me, pick me, pick me, side of you always wanted to raise her hand, then one of your shadow sides might be uh, an empowered, confident woman. So it's not always negative uh, parts of ourselves that we're hiding, but they are parts of ourselves that we have denied, repressed, or split off of our awareness. Mm -hmm. Shame and guilt is often um, a part of a part of you know, having that shadow side, too. And one of the reasons that that we wanted to talk about the shadow side is because we don't have that awareness. It is in our unconscious. And that when we have that awareness and acceptance of our shadow side, then we begin to integrate. We begin to become whole. And it is in that wholeness that that we are then able to... um, live our lives so much more completely. Mhm. Mhm. And not only live your lives but just love yourselves and accept yourself too more completely. You know, which I think is really why we're here. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. So um you will you will deeply despise anyone who has the personality traits that you have repressed. Right? Like yeah, we call that projection. Mm-hmm. That's Freud's term, but that's what it is. Is you know, if you have somebody in your life that just pushes all of your buttons, what they're doing is is acting as a mirror to you. Mhm. Yeah. Um and I you know, when I was researching and reading all about this for the show, I wanted to ask you know, all these writers, so I'll, and I can't, so I'll, I'll ask you, Deb. <laughs> some, some of, sometimes I think things that we get mad at are just simply justified and not necessarily, like, I don't want people to walk away from the show thinking everything they get mad at is an aspect of themselves. Oh, I don't want them to either. I mean, you know, certainly there are things that, that we, uh, that, don't resonate with us or make us angry that are justifiable. I mean, you know, yeah. I, you know, you get angry when, um, oh, I don't know, when there's injustice in the world or racism yeah. in the world. Well, yeah. You know, I don't think of myself as being a racist person, you know. Right. 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 I want to I want to read a couple of quick quotes and, and work from a, a book that I've been working my way through recently, Samantha. Okay. Um, I've been one of my goals for this year was to really do some serious research into um, the Celtic 
pantheon and to look at the symbolism of the cauldron in its relationship to the symbolism of the Holy Grail. And so I'm working my way through a wonderful book um, by a man whose name is Christopher Hughes, and the name of the book is From the Cauldron Born. And he has almost a whole chapter on the shadow side in this book. And and it's so fascinating that I was reading that this week and and was able to add that to to my research for tonight. So uh, he says that one of the things that we need to do is to explore the darker side of our nature without fearing it. Beauty and awe is one thing, but we also need to be dropped from a height into a festering pit from time to time to see who we really are. To truly understand the wonder of nature and mystery, we must also face its less likable side, including our own. Thankfully, we have archetypes and deities who provide effective guides for exploring the darkness. We do not need to venture alone. We do, we do have help. The personification of the shadow appears in every culture and is present in dreams and mythologies as something that we fear and despise. The shadow comes with power, a power that we fear greatly. It may arrive with little warning, and vanquishing it is never easy. We must brand we may brand the shadow as evil, something that is counterproductive to our well being. Its tendency to act on instinct scares us. Examining it makes us uncomfortable and causes us to squirm. The majority of us do not like our shadows, and we certainly do not want to engage with it, lest it break free from the chains of civility, rationality, and politeness that we bind it with. And then there's more, and I'll add to that in a few minutes. But but just think about that. It's like it's like our un, our shadow side is this unruly, ill-behaved part of ourselves that is likely to come bursting out at very inopportune times when it's not appropriate or or whatever we're feeling we don't express appropriately from our shadow side. And so we suppress it, and we don't want to talk about it, and we don't want to admit it. it's there, and yet we very much need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you want to pay attention to anything that shocks or angers, disturbs, disturbs you or secretly thrills you. Um, you know, ask yourself, what do you find morally outrageous? What makes you angry? What attitudes and personality traits um, do you have a personal distaste for? And the answers to those questions will often lead you to your shadow side. Yeah, absolutely. You can also look at patterns in your life. Um, do all your relationships end abruptly? And end abruptly. Uh, that could mean you have a fear of intimacy. Do people tend to disappoint you? Um, Do you have unrealistic expectations of others? That could mean you're a perfectionist. Do you move from job to job to job? That could show a fear of responsibility. So sometimes just looking at the patterns in your life of where you work, where you live, who you interact with, um, and tracking that will show you aspects of your shadow side that you might be hiding from. And you know that old saying, what you resist persists? Carl Jung actually coined that phrase. Yeah. He coined, like, everything. Introvert, extrovert. And he means those words differently than Freud did. That's just fascinating to me. Um, Anyway, 
So, you know, look at things that you might be resisting in your life and see how, you know, it is persisting in your life rather than staying hidden. Yes, that's true. And and I think that um, facing our shadow side is so vitally important because without, I mean, you know, know thyself. And, and without saying, you know, yes, this is a who, this is a part of who I am, and sometimes we need to embrace that and to just say, yes, that is who I am. But it also, when we bring it into the light, it gives us an opportunity to say, how is this serving me? How is this serving my life and who I want to be? And how is it serving my relationships with other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and looking and seeing, you know, where that leads you. Because really, the shadow sides of ourselves are aspects of our personality that we have simply denied expression. And working with your shadow side gives permission. You know, there's um, there's a wonderful essay I used to teach in the classroom a lot um, by Stephen King called Why We Crave Horror Movies. Mm, mm-hmm. And to me, it really speaks to this aspect of the um, the shadow side. If, if I could just um, read a quick paragraph. He says, the potential lyncher is in almost all of us, excluding saints past and present, but then most of them have been crazy in their own ways. And every now and then, he has to be let loose to scream and roll around in the grass. Our emotions and our fears form their own body, and we recognize that it demands its own exercise to maintain proper muscle tone. Certain of these emotions are accepted and exalted in society. Love, friendship, loyalty, kindness. When we exhibit these emotions, society showers us with love and positive reinforcement. But when, as children, we hug our rotten little puke of a sister and give her a kiss, all the aunts and uncles um, remonstrate us. Instead of giving us chocolate-covered graham crackers, we get a spanking. These anti-civilization emotions do not go away, and they demand periodic exercise. (laughs) (laughs) And tell me again what you were just reading from. Stephen King's Why We Crave Horror Movies. (laughs) Okay, I love that. You know, but to me, it reminds me of, you know, that is the shadow side, because there are times, think about when you were a kid, you know, when when parents would say, you know, give your uncle a kiss goodbye, and, you know, all you wanted to do was just run and hide, because you knew he was always going to pinch your cheek, or tickle you, or tell a stupid joke, but you, you couldn't, you had to hide that, that, you know, not so nice side of yourself and be polite. That's exactly right. Exactly. Um, And, you know, uh, again, I'm back to to Christopher Hughes here. He says, if we work with our shadow side, if we honor and value it for the qualities it gives us, we diminish the power of its most terrible attributes. The purpose of our shadow is to push our own buttons to challenge us from the darkest recesses of its domain. It affects our relationships with others, both uh, socially, and we may sometimes come across people that we just don't connect with. Uh, Mm -hmm. And those are, as we were talking about earlier, 
He says, we can be assured that we are sometimes annoyed by others, but they hold a a mirror that reflects the darker part of ourselves. Yet our shadow can enhance and enrich our creativity, which Jung suggested in his... He says, this is a quote from Jung, in spite of its function as a reservoir for human darkness, or perhaps because of this, the shadow is our seat of creativity. And and I think he means that. I think Jung meant that creativity, not just in, oh, you know, it's going to help us to be an artist or or have some kind of creative creative outlet, but also to create who we are. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and also because it's it's okay. So I everything in this world is duality, right? Yes. There's light. There's dark. There's good. There's bad. There's up. There's down. This whole universe is created on duality, and I feel that so many of us, really all of us, are taught to deny that duality within us. You know, there is good and bad within us. And the more you deny that, the more it's going to persist. So recognizing the good in you, great. And then also recognizing the bad in you, you know, know, and and seeing what form that takes in your life. Years ago, there was this wonderful um, Unitarian minister who was also a poet who came and did a series of workshops in our town. And I bought... He had two or three poetry books, and I bought them all, and I still, after all these years, love much of his poetry. And and one of his poems is called Let It Be a Dance, and I can still quote it to you where he says, Without the dark, there can be no light, so let it be a dance we do. And Mm -hmm. it is a dance between the light and the dark and Mm -hmm. and that dance of finding balance in that duality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I We'll stop reading to you, I swear, but I just have one more thing I want to read to everybody. No, I've got a couple of other things. Um, it's the Tale of Two Wolves that you guys might have seen. It's it's commonly around Instagram and Facebook. Um, one evening, an elderly Cherokee brave told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, false pride, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, love, hope, peace, serenity, humility, empathy, kindness, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The grandfather simply replied, the one that you feed. And so I think that's a really important thing to think about that, you know, sometimes um, we can, we're only feeding our good side, but starving our bad side doesn't necessarily make it disappear. It just makes it cry for more attention. And, you know, I hear you using that good and bad, and and I want to just ask you to think about that in another way, Mm -hmm. rather than thinking in terms of good and bad but thinking in terms of known and unknown or recognized and not recognized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that is important, but I think you have to start at the basics where people are identifying these emotions as good and bad. And some of our emotions are, you know, quote-unquote bad. I mean, you know, people envy, uh, lust, fear, jealousy, anger. You can't necessarily call those, you know, good or bad, but the way that we act on them can be seen that way. 
And I think we have to look at the emotions inside ourselves that we call our good parts and our bad parts. I think we have to recognize that we do that, whether it's subconscious or conscious, in order to then change it to known and unknown. Does that make sense? I, I hear what you're saying. There's a there's a comment in the chat room that, that's really said what I was trying to say much better than I said it. Um, there is something to be said for not judging our sa- shadow self as evil. Non-judgment might help us to explore it further and bring us to more fullness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that is very true. You know, so so rather than, again, it's that it's that wonderful quote from Rumi about out beyond the notion of right, right doing and wrong doing, there is a field I will meet you there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Wait. Speaking of Rumi, let's take a break. We're we're at the halfway point, and we need to tell people about our wonderful sponsors. Shall I go first? Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Um, We are sponsored, um, as always, by Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com backslash psychic teachers, you will get a free one-month trial. Um, They have a lot of books that talk about the um, shadow side and working with the shadow side. Two in particular that I want to mention. One is The Shadow Effect, Illuminating the Hidden Power of Your True Self by Deepak Chopra, Marion Williamson, and Debbie Ford. Oh, wow. And the other is The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. And both of those can be found on Audible. So audibletrial.com backslash psychic teachers. Um, is it possible for you to check Audible Trial and see if Carl Jung's Memory Dreams and Memories Dreams reflect? Sure, I'll do that while you're talking. Okay, um, because that's a, one of my all-time favorite books. I, I've done a lot of study with Jung's work, and I I really like him. Um, the okay, and Debbie Ford. We lost Debbie Ford last year. Yeah, oh, that was beautiful. sad. I know. They have um, Carl Jung in his own words: "Modern Man in Search of a Soul." How to Believe, Psychology of the Unconscious, The Collected Papers, A Recording. They've got a lot of them. Oh, good. Okay, so so Carl Jung is e- easily available on Audible. Good. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Let me tell people about our other sponsor, Mystic Elements. I just love Mystic Elements. It is a local store where we live, and um, they do – I have to tell everybody I did an in-bulk ceremony there last night – and we had a wonderful gathering of lots of folks, and it was just—it was such a lovely community gathering last night. And I'm grateful for Mystic Elements for hosting that for us. But in addition to being a local store, they are—they have also created an online store, and we're so happy about that uh, because we truly can, with enthusiasm, recommend um, their crystals to you and, and lots of their other products. So let me tell you what Mystic Elements says about itself. It is a metaphysical center that focuses on offering products and services for spiritual growth and living. Mystic Elements offers a myriad of spiritual products and services, including a vast array of crystals and stones, tools for spiritual growth, and a team of practitioners who offer energy healings, angel work, spirit guide communication, mediumship, and more. In addition to our products and services, we offer monthly and special workshops, events, and meetings. We have created a destination that welcomes people from all walks of life and all beliefs and invite you to visit our store while on your spiritual journey. 
Use order code PSYCHICTEACHERS to get 10% off your order. And their web address is mysticelements.com, and their Facebook page is mystic.elements.nc. So I'm going to put that in the chat room for everybody. And you can really trust their stones, too. You really can't. They're just wonderful. So there we go. So, yes. Um, All right. I just started a pagan group over there as well, and that was fun, too. We've got a nice group of people gathering for that every month. That's awesome. I know. I'm very excited about it. And, yes, almost happy Imbolc for everyone. Imbolc is the halfway point between um, the winter solstice and the vernal equinox, and it is also... um, the holiday where we celebrate the goddess Brigid in um, the Celtic tradition. She was the she is the goddess of fire, poetry, healing, sacred wells, smithery, milk, and early lambing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to our topic. Okay, I just had to do that because it's a holiday in my world. No, 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 that's totally fine. Okay. Um, I just feel like we run out of time so quickly we on do. this show. I know. So. Let's talk about, you know, I always like to give people, like, just practical stuff that they can take away. So let's talk about, like, some practical things people can do to recognize their shadow self. And then what do you do once you've recognized it? Okay. So, like, how how do you, you know, besides what I was saying, like, recognizing what makes you mad and looking at patterns, um, what are some other ways you can discover your shadow side? When somebody gets on your very last nerve. Uh, what is it about that? Can you see aspects of yourself in that person? Mm-hmm. That's a really good. That's a really good way to to find your shadow side. What frightens you? And where? What's the? What's? What is that fear grounded in? And sometimes that fear really manifests as anger. Yeah. Um, and so what? How can you look at that and look at, well, if this is something that really frightens me, then is this a, uh, an old tape? Is it something that I need to release? Is it really connected to family relationships, for example? Right, right. What's the trigger here? Exactly. Let's talk about passive um, aggressive behavior, because behavior, I feel like that's the number one you know, action of someone who is really got a lot of shadow stuff going on. Um, well, never mind. I'll be all right. Yeah, that would be a good example. Sure yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I, feel, I feel like if someone is just totally suppressing their anger, not feeling like they have a right to be angry, or if someone is just afraid of confrontation or afraid of, um, you know, really expressing themselves, then I think it does exhibit itself as passive-aggressive behavior. And I think that the effects of passive aggression are in city. I, I just, I think it's it leaks everywhere into people's lives. Don't you? I do. I do. Um Here's here's something that um, Christopher Hughes says about it. I'm, I know I'm reading way too much to, for people tonight, but it's, he's, he's just said it so beautifully. He says, um, to remember that our shadows, our physical shadow, is 
much larger usually than we are. Think about standing in the sunlight and you cast a shadow. Think about how big your shadow is. So we sometimes see our shadows as disproportionate to who we are. And so how much do you really know about your shadow? Uh, what is your relationship with with your shadow? Um, do not attempt to, and he says this, do not attempt to vanquish the aspects of yourself that you do not like or the things that make you cry out in frustration or anger. Don't supplicate the shadow by patronizing its power over you. Instead of turning a blind eye to it, acknowledge that some aspects of your personality are in fact an essential part of you and to honor it and then to ask it to work with you in a more positive way. Mhm. Mhm. And so like how do you do that? Well, okay. Let's take um road rage as an example. Okay. Okay. Well, what the, what is that road rage really about? When one has road rage. Lack of control. Lack of control. That's right. Somebody is is driving me crazy. They're going 20 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone, and I've got some place to be. Right. So it's out. So we feel out of control. So if we can figure out the core, the source of the emotion, the real emotion behind the emotions, all those layers of onions that we peel away, if we can find that, then we can say, what can I do? to make me feel more in control so that I don't have to let that shadow side of me rage rage out of control. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So the first first key is awareness of what the real emotion is. Mm -hmm. What purpose does it serve? Well, see, and I think it can even go deeper than that because I think you're using that example because that's something I've definitely worked on. And I I think what you've done. (laughs) With with my road rage, I think what always bothered me so much was that the person in front of me was completely um, unconcerned about anybody else on the road. You know, like someone someone going 25 miles in a in a and on on a 50 mile you know per hour road in the left lane it's just you know they're not thinking about other people on the road and so for me that triggered in me growing up with you know two adults in the home who never gave a thought to anybody else but themselves so to me it was a deeper trigger than just you know not feeling in control cuz you can feel in control in lots of areas in your life and you can feel out of control in lots of areas of your life cuz really at the end of the day we don't have control over much. So surrendering to that is the key. But I think recognizing the initial trigger is what's more important. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. Um, which know, then ties into doing a lot of inner child work, which is really healing. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And, you know, sometimes those feelings, um, and I'll give you an example from, from me, is... Um, that feeling of less than, mm-hmm. you know, when one is less than. And sometimes we, we have those feelings and they manifest themselves in sharp tongue. I, you know, I can be kind of sharp-tongued. And those feelings of, oh, I need to um, 
I, I need to prove I am so wonderful, and so then my ego gets in the way, right? Mm-hmm. Well, where that really comes from is those family messages that I got as a child of, oh, you know, we, we don't travel in those circles because we're not good enough. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. We should stay over here in our place. Right, right. Yeah, and so it's important to look at the messages that you received as a child consciously and unconsciously. Uh-huh. You know, because sometimes, um, you know, I, I had a client who could not say a positive thing about herself to save her life. And when we got to the to the root of that, she was taught as a child that bragging was wrong. Right. You know, which I think we all are taught that to some degree. You know, no one likes a bragger. Um but yet it manifested with her constantly diminishing her own success and diminishing herself to the point where self-sabotage was at work with a lot of, you know, her goal setting. Mm-hmm. And so um, sometimes we can diminish, you know, really positive things about ourselves. So I think it's important to include that too. Um, and then we're given messages just culturally as well that can become part of our shadow side. You know, if you don't go to church on Sunday, you're a sinner. Um, you know, sex before marriage is wrong. Um, for some religions, drinking is wrong. God help you all. Um, you know what I mean, though? Yeah. We have all these different little rules, and every group has their own rules. Yeah. And and it's, you know, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. I was telling you before, Deb, I went to see um, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. speak um, about the five levels of attachment, and he was talking about, you know, unconditional love, and he was saying that, you know, if you don't, you're going to go to whatever group shows you the most love, and then you're going to assimilate to whatever their rules are. So he was saying, like, when he was growing up and in middle school, he wanted to be with the popular kids. And they were like, yeah, no, you're not one of us. So then he went to the goth group. And, you know, their rule was you have to wear all black and you have to listen to Morrissey and Depeche Mode. <laughs> and so he had this, like, hidden love for jazz and swing music, and he had to keep it from this goth group because their rule was no, no, only this depressing alternative music. Not saying any bad about Depeche Mode or Morrissey. I love them. But, you know, that they all have their own rules. And I think that's interesting to think about, you know, and to think about what group did, do you put yourself in and what rules are you subconsciously or consciously following as a result? And, are you even in agreement with any of those rules anymore? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they serve you? Exactly. Exactly. What What now serves you uh, differently than what served you when you were uh, so much younger? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and if, you know, someone has just written in the chat room, this is why I never fit into any group during grade or high school. And, you know, I think that's a common um, feeling and a common experience. And I, and this is what I think is so important about working with the shadow side is just sitting with that, you know, instead of being afraid of it or running from it, 
you know, just sitting with it. Okay, so what if you are different? What if you are on the outside? And But as a teenager, <clears throat> that's really hard. You oh, know? yeah, I'm not saying do that when you're 15. I'm saying now that, you know, we've gotten, we've survived high school, you know, think about, think about the messages that you received and just, you know, instead of running from them or hiding them, just think about them. Were they true? Are they true now? Um, yeah, and and that's where it, it isn't it isn't so much ego that comes in to to support us as we grow and accept who we are, but it's that integration um, of of who we become that says, you know, I I really am just okay the way I am. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I think that's the key is just you know accepting who you are as you are because you know you can't change anything about yourself until you recognize it and accept it and then you can change it or you can keep it you that's right because then you're at least making an informed choice as to what what matters and you can use some of those aspects of your shadow side to help you on your spiritual journey Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it it is within that, you know, we've all had dark nights of our soul. Sure. That you, everybody listening to this podcast has had those nights. And and those are when we feel the most vulnerable, when when all those neg- those emotions that we put some kind of negative connotation to seem to surface and bubble up. And it is, and it is from those that we really do begin to... Um, Come over on the come through on the other side, stronger and more resilient and more able to um, to really accept and honor who we are and to em- embrace the fact that that those are parts of us and that they can be our teachers. Anger can be a great teacher. Fear can be a great teacher. Definitely. Definitely. And I and I think too to look at. Um, if, if there's any aspect of your of yourself you've been fighting for, fighting against, um, trying to change, and taking some time this week to think, what if I just stop fighting that? What if I just accept that? You know, I I was born and bred and raised in an extroverted family, and I tried, you know, forever to live up to that and match those expectations. Um, I was constantly told, um, you know, by one of my parents that I was boring, uh, that I was too quiet, too shy, too sullen. Why couldn't I talk more? Why couldn't I make everyone laugh like my sisters? And it was really, you know, it was really hard. So when I got to high school, um, you know, with with the help of of fear, I became an extrovert. (laughs) And when I got to college, I joined a sorority and I joined my newspaper and, you know, by golly, I was going to be an extrovert. And I like you. And that's right, darn it. <laughs> and um, I've come to just accept that, you know, I'm not a total introvert. God knows I love people. I love being around people. But I don't need people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I extroverts, they, 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 they need that. They feed off of that. And I've come to just accept that I'm a little bit of a loner, and that's okay. Well, you know, when when you grow up in the house that I grew up in, where like you do with your sister, 
my, you know, I joke all the time about my sister has 25 best friends. I mean, I call them her posse. She doesn't go to the bathroom without them, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and she talks to all of them every day. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted just thinking about that. I am I am very happy to be cloistered in my little world with my little books and, you know. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. And it took me a long time to realize that that wasn't bad because society puts such a value on extroversion. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and just to and to think about anything that you're fighting in your life, you know, like would it be like let's say for example that you can't stand your thighs. I I don't know why, but let's just say that you don't you don't like your thighs. They're too curvy, they're too thin, they're too straight, they're too bony, they're whatever. Would it be so terrible instead of, you know, dieting nonstop this week or working out four hours this day or this week or whatever, would it be so terrible just to stop this this week and send love to your thighs? I'll let you know how that works, okay? <laughs> it's a great concept. And but you what what okay. I just laughed at you. Uh, for that sentence, why? I don't because know. I don't love my thighs. Um, see, does laughter always reveal uncomfortability? It though, does, or just always? But for me, at that moment, that's what. At that moment, it was like a ner- Okay, it was like, oh yeah, right, sure, Samantha. I'm just gonna look down. Yeah, that's not gonna back. happen. Look at right. my fat ass and say, yeah, okay, love, love you to death. You know, right? Yeah, right. So so what is that? That's that shadow insecurity. I am less than I am not. That was that was my shadow side coming out in laughter. Mhm. Mhm. Well, you know, and that's a good point too, Deb, because you can do shadow work and it doesn't mean that those shadow sides are going to go away. And I don't think that should be the goal. The goal is integration. Yes, exactly. Acceptance, inclusion. Exactly. I have a quote here from Joseph Campbell. I've been waiting for this moment to read it. Joseph Campbell says, Don't give up your vices. Make your vices work for you. If you are a proud person, don't get rid of your pride. Apply it to your spiritual quest. Ooh, that's a good one. I know. From my that's a really good one. Yes, yeah, wonderful Joseph Campbell. So, like, if you have a tendency to be bossy, you could apply that to maybe um, a social. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a like a political or a, like a leadership role. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or if you have the tendency to be angry, what could you apply that to? How could you make that you work? Could, you could go write letters to your Congress people about a cause that you believe in or disagree with. There you go. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. What if, you know, I was Righteous reading... Indignation. Um, <laughs> Righteous indignation. yes. I was reading um, about shadow work, and, you know, a lot of what I was reading was examples and stories and things. And this, this one girl was writing how... Um, she one of her her shadow sides was being you know too humble like being too quiet. Mm. Mm-hmm. I wonder how you could. Well, I guess you could make that work for you by going within and you know finding the center. Yes, absolutely. Or doing doing some kind of work that's uh, that resonates for you. That's solitary. That that um, 
can be of help. I like that idea because my whole goal with shadow work was always just accepting it, you know, just trying to love those parts of myself that don't feel very lovable to myself, but making them work for me, that that's a really neat thought. Yeah, it is. Absolutely it is because they're a part of us. Mm-hmm. And and I don't I don't know that the goal is to get rid of the shadow side, but it's to no. to work with it in a way that its impact in our lives is a positive impact. Yeah, yeah. Because I think two of the most damaging emotions are shame and guilt. Oh, agree. And I think when you are unaware of your shadow side, there's too much shame and guilt going on. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, recognizing and validating and, and just, again, I, how many times do I say on this show and do you say awareness, you know, just being aware um, of the fact that you have these parts of yourself that you're projecting onto others, I think is really important. Right, and an awareness of how other people affect you. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's really important, too. Can you give an example of that? Oh, yeah. You know, if you are somebody who has um, Dolores Umbridge for a boss, mm-hmm. um, well, what parts of you are Dolores Umbridge, too? Mm-hmm. Because that okay. can be a gift and a teaching of, of, of who you are and what right. you need to work on. Right. Right. And so so what happens if... if People listen to this show, and this week they're they're doing that work, and they see a part of themselves, you know, that they feel, whether they're judging it wrongly or rightly, um, they feel is really bad. Write it what down. Could, write it down. That's yeah, a good you know, suggestion. Of course, I always think that you should journal everything, but um, but write it down and and um, begin to just and just to pay attention. When when do you see yourself um, exhibiting that emotion or that behavior, and under under what circumstances? And just just acknowledge it for a while. Just mm-hmm. sit with it mm-hmm. with an awareness, and then figure out: Do you want to change it? Do you want to use it? And if so, yeah. then how? Yeah, that's a good question. Do you want to change it, or do you want to use it? Mm-hmm. I like that. And I think, too, being honest about it and explaining it, um, you know, to those close to you, I think can be a really good thing. You know, like that um, that story I was telling you earlier about how I've decided that I am not a runner. Yes. <laughs> Every time I run, I get shin splints and cramps. Do I exercise? Yes. I do yoga. I walk every day. But I will never be a runner. And I finally just accepted that. My, you know, my oldest is, um, you know, doing cross country and running all the time, and she's always like, "Come running with me, mom." And I finally had to say to her, "I am not a runner, and unless someone is chasing me, I'm not going to run." <laughs> you know, I, you know, of course, in my, I don't believe very much in hell, but I'm afraid that. Um, one of the reasons I try to be good is because I'm afraid that I'll die and go to hell and Satan's going to make me wear tennis shoes and run. 
<laughs> that would be just horrible. <laughs> we will sit and do the uh, sun salutation together. Somebody wrote in the chat room, why run if no one's chasing you? I like this person. <laughs> <laughs> great. We're out of time, Samantha. Thank you all so very, very much for being with us tonight, and we hope that our discussion of that shadow slash dark side of us will help you to remember that you are the light and that you can certainly work on so much in, in good in this world. So That's a good reminder, Deb. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope your February is off to a wonderful start next week. Join us Sunday. We're going to be talking about more unsolved mysteries. Yeah, we're excited about next week's show. So everyone take care and be the light. Good Good night. night.